Hello and welcome to the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, the fortnightly podcast that explores self-awareness, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels. Join me, your host, Nia Thomas, as we talk to today's Knowing Self, Knowing Others guest. Welcome, Amy Gandon. I'm I'm absolutely delighted that we've finally been able to catch up and have this conversation. We've tried many times and failed. So I'm really pleased that we've managed to come together today. Listeners, um, you're going to be really interested in hearing what Amy has to say. Amy has a background in teaching, but also research, and she's currently a freelance researcher. But Amy, let me hand over to you to introduce yourself. Thanks, Nia. Um, and before I introduce myself, I mean, it's great to be here, um, but I just want to say congrats on the podcast because I've been a, a, a regular listener. Um, and, thank you. you, thank know, you. I, I, think, I think you were built to be a podcast host because <laughs> I think obviously you're a really generous sort of listener and you ask great questions, but I think also just your voice is probably the the most lovely voice that I've listened to on a podcast. Oh, Amy, um, that's just so lovely. Thank you. <laughs> you're not allowed to cut that either <laughs> um, out of humility. Um, but yeah, so I'm Amy Ganden and I am a former civil servant. And of course, that's that's how we met during your in the Department of Health and Social Care. Both of us have since, to greater or lesser degrees of relief, have, have, have left the civil service. <laughs> and I currently do a lot of research policy projects as a freelancer. Um, and yeah, I share your real interest in organisational culture and think it's super important. And that's certainly how our paths crossed, Amy. We, we bumped into each other a couple of times when we were in the civil service together, but really came together working on a particular culture project that I think we both... Uh, recognize that we we felt the same about the importance of working relationships and how self-awareness really does impact on those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I think it's a real personal and professional interest of, of mine and particularly having worked in policy and in close proximity to politicians as well. I find it really interesting to think about self-awareness and the impact it has on effectiveness in particularly that public sector space and its impact on citizens um, and, and the decisions that our leaders make, especially leaders in, in politics, because their roles are you know, so important um, you know, when they go, go well and when they don't go well. How do you define self-awareness? It's really interesting, isn't it? Because it is one of those terms that you often take for granted it's not an often sort of explored concept but it was really interesting to to reflect on this and I suppose instinctively when I think of self-awareness I almost visualize the ability to leave your body and Mm -hmm. sort of look uh, upon yourself and your impact on other people in terms of your style the effectiveness of your words your performance from a bird's eye view but I guess I've doing a lot of sort of internal work over the last um, 18 months and we'll probably talk about um, my experience of burnout that I I, I spoke about mm, quite a lot when we worked together as well but I think learning from from your work on self-awareness and, and on my sort of own journey I think I've been reflecting on the internal sort of self-awareness as well because that initial definition prioritizes quite a lot external perception Mm-hmm. of you and you spending a lot of time and energy reflecting on on external perception and I think just as important is to be able to sort of sink deeper into your own mind and think you know how am I feeling what, what's my mood and energy levels like what are my values and yeah and I think I think they're obviously very linked but 
that internal part I think is probably more often neglected when you think about self-awareness because I know I think our society is probably biased and more inclined to think about what others perceive of us rather than you know what what we make of ourselves and 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 whether we value what it is that we're doing and whether it's compatible with our belief system it's interesting as you're saying that and I'm I'm thinking about um Instagram influencers and you're right it's all about what do you look like what do you sound like what do people think of you but are those influencers really thinking about what they believe what they think what's going on on the inside because it's not just about what's going on on the outside Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mentioned my interest in politician self-awareness. The same thing probably applies to them, that they are professionally, you know, occupationally wired to think about how is the outside world looking at me and responding to me? And, you know, if they're not naturally predisposing that way, the media makes damn sure that they (laughs) are made aware of what the sort of public um, think of them. I think it's important for for politicians too that they have the time and space to think internally, you know, actually how is my mood, you know, or my emotional response to some sort of stimulus affecting my decision-making rather than having their kind of radar so constantly out there externally that would be my very amateurish attempt to try to define self-awareness but I think I've learned a lot from listening to you and reading some of your thinking about self-awareness about that kind of more internal reflection as well as the sort of mindfulness of others. Do you think there's a relationship between self-awareness and leader effectiveness? I think my answer is is yes, absolutely. You know, there is a, a, a strong relationship between self-awareness and leader effectiveness. I, in fact, um, you know, I'd, I'd say that self-awareness is probably the magic ingredient in so many dimensions of, of leader effectiveness. There is a but coming. Um, I, was, I was thinking I could feel a bet here somewhere. Yeah, we'll come to it. I, I don't think it's about leader effectiveness, though. I think it's probably about the personal experience of being a self-aware person and I'd be interested in your your reflections on this having thought so deeply about self-awareness um, during your postgraduate study but yes I mean self-awareness is is, is so critical um, I think particularly because of what it correlates with so you know you have to be really self-aware to reflect on and then iterate and improve your own performance you know at least to be able to do that independently which is which is really important if you want to be able to role model that for your team as well you need to have that ability I think also and you know we worked in the department of health where there was a change of the kind of corporate values and one of them was Mm -hmm. agility how can you be agile and responsive to I think it looking to the future of in the, in the world of work and the sort of geopolitical situation that we find ourselves in now, being agile is really important. And you can't do that unless you are constantly reflecting on how events and yourself are in this constant cycle of change. And then, you know, finally, I mean, I, I know that you're a, you know an immensely empathetic person. I like to think that that sort of that's a, a value of, of mine that I try to bring to work as well. And I think you can't really be compassionate and empathetic as a manager or a leader unless you kind of have an imagination for the internal world of another person. And that I think often comes from having that experience yourself. The but that I said <laughs> is that I think it, it depending on your psychological makeup, I think self-awareness, you know, can can be a bit of a double-edged sword. So yeah, full disclosure here, I think I'm someone who I'm self-aware in that part we spoke about before, you know, I think I'm 
quite tuned in to um, what what other people might be thinking in response to me. If people are unhappy or at work, I you know, I'm quite tuned tuned into that. Um, or similarly, what motivates them? The internal um, aspect, I think, really comes in, in in understanding what it is that you believe in, that what you need, and what 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 you want. I think. You know, I think like probably quite a lot of of people, as I said, I think this is probably a a quite neglected aspect of self-awareness. You know, I think if you're not going to sort of self-neglect at work and you're not going to be a people pleaser, you're not going to spend loads of energy keeping other people happy. You know, you really need that anchor to be able to say, yeah, yeah, I know this is what people at work want from me. I know this is the kind of direction of the organization. I know this is what success would mean. But, you know, how am I looking after myself? Um, And also, how am I standing up for my values or providing grit in the oyster as well, where that's needed, unless I'm tuned into something kind of um, more solidly internally? So I think, yeah, unless you're careful, self-awareness can be a sort of bedfellow of self-doubt, self-criticism. You know, it comes if you're regularly reflecting, if you're quite humble, that's you're going to be constantly reminding yourself, oh, I think I did that wrong. Oh, I really need to get better at that thing, which is great, but it really needs to be accompanied by self-compassion and and kindness as well. I would agree. And there are studies that talk about self-awareness in terms of the reflection element, that reflection can become rumination, which actually takes you in a downward spiral. So yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with what you're saying. It was interesting what you were saying about the double-edged sword of self-awareness, that if you have external self-awareness without internal self-awareness, you become that people pleaser and you forget that you need time, space, relaxation, well-being for yourself. And I think looking at uh, organizations and companies as we have developed from the 80s, 90s, noughties, etc., you can see that that has changed. And I think through COVID, we have really started to look at that. You must look at internal self-awareness as well as external self-awareness, because unless you get that balance of those two things right, something is going to go amiss. And you mentioned burnout earlier. And I think if you're not thinking about that internal self-awareness, that which really does potentially create that opportunity for burnout, which is not a great place to be. Yeah. And as I hinted at earlier, so yeah, I had my own pretty nasty brush with with burnout in sort of the 2021, just coming out of having worked quite hard on the on the COVID response uh in, in government. And yeah, I think it's really welcome that I think, as you say, workplaces are thinking more about well-being. And I hope that they're sort of that the types of self-awareness and the manifestations of it that come with that sort of expand. So, you know, I think we were all brought up to sort of welcome those who reflect on their performance and try and raise their performance in in ways that really help the kind of mission of the organization and you know those who are very kind of on brand uh with with the organization those who are you know looking after themselves are going to be setting boundaries in ways that occasionally disappoint those in, in in positions of seniority they they might be challenging when they find their kind of values con- conflicted in in some of the events happening at work so yeah hopefully there's an expansion of 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 space and more reward and acknowledgement for for people showing up in those ways as well 
Yeah, and I wonder if that really is linking into the great resignation that we're seeing now, that actually people are starting to think about that, think about their values and saying, these are the boundaries I want to set for, for me as a professional, as an organisation, you do not enable that for me. So thank you very much. I'm going to make my choices and go elsewhere. Yeah, he's hoping that that therefore makes it good business and economic sense to yeah really treat your employees with with respect you know it is about well-being initiatives and great company benefits but it's also about you know really realistically thinking about workload management but also the space and the culture that you have for for people to express themselves and, and challenge and speak to power you know people need to not just pay lip service to that stuff. Do you think effective leaders can be found at all levels of organisations? Yes, um, I definitely do. I definitely, definitely do. And I think one of the questions around self-awareness that's really interested me is how does one become self-aware? Is one born self-aware? Is one made self-aware? And therefore, kind of what's the natural distribution of of self-awareness in an organisation? It strikes me that it doesn't kind of naturally cluster in particular positions in in organizations one of the really interesting theories I've encountered around around self-awareness is well there's one more sort of doom and gloom perspective that I've read about and one slightly more positive but self-awareness apparently you know can be the result of of sort of emotional difficulty if you've been bullied growing up or if you have kind of grow up in a in a family that's quite critical of one another then you know self-awareness is a a sort of protection mechanism to preempt what someone might think or say about you and be able to alter your your behavior accordingly alternatively you know you might have developed self-awareness because you were in you grew up in a very kind of emotionally open and mm-hmm. sort of mature family yeah. who talked a lot about their emotions and ever encouraged everyone to reflect and role modeling by, by by parents and figures in school for example but either way, you know, whether it's genetic predisposition or, you know, experiences in life, professional or, or otherwise, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't see that sort of self-awareness and effective leadership being accumulating at particular pockets of organisations. And, you know, we've, we've worked in, uh, in the civil service together and, you know, you find, you find leaders at all levels. I guess the question and that we're going to come on to in a moment is... Do those leaders get recognised for those behaviours and for their achievements and values or do other traits sort of prove more more important? Do you think leaders at the most strategic level of organisations have greater self-awareness than leaders at other levels of organisations? Yeah, this is a really interesting question. Um, I guess my the short answer would be not necessarily. Okay. Um, so I think some of the, you know, the best leaders that I've had have have all exhibited self-awareness. I mean, I don't know if that's a, you know, a, a personal preference or, you know, because it's such an important trait for me, the leaders that I respect kind of really do role yeah. model that. I guess it's interesting to reflect those who are in positions of authority to promote people to that strategic level of an organisation what is it that they value? And again, thinking about the, the world that I know best, so what is it that a prime minister or a minister or a permanent secretary, what do they look for in their, their most senior civil servants or ministerial 
colleagues. And I suppose what place does the self-awareness play in the characteristics they're looking for? I think there's definitely something about the, the place of self-awareness within what I think is unfortunately still quite a patriarchal norm mm-hmm. of, of leadership. There are all those, uh, as a former teacher, you know, that it's always this very interesting experiments that you do where you say, draw to a child, draw a doctor, draw a nurse. Okay. And at least when they did this experiment sort of 10 years ago, you'd get a male doctor and a female nurse drawn. I do okay. wonder, and I know things that have been have been changing for the better in this sphere. And I do wonder if you asked a child to draw a leader, whether or not you'd end up with a white man in a suit. Interesting. Yeah, I've not heard that I mean, before. But yeah. Interesting to reflect on. And I guess when I think about that patriarchal mould of leadership, I think firm, decisive, assertive. Do I think someone who is, has got the humility and vulnerability to own up to when they or feel comfortable thinking, oh, actually, this, this, this is what I'm working on at the moment. I'm finding this really difficult, kind of could sort of see and act on mistakes they feel they've made. And, you know, I think this is definitely changing. You and I both use LinkedIn and you see many more male CEOs quite publicly talking about moments that are difficult for them professionally yeah. and regrets or sadnesses to do with maybe mistakes that they've they've made in, in their business decisions. But I still think that the people in positions to appoint the strategic roles in organisations often might not come from the generation that is really embracing those changes um, yeah. and it might take a while for it to to filter through yeah um, it might be another 10-15 years before we see the senior people bringing people through their organizations who are of now who are of the the well-being culture the let's reduce bias in the organization culture let's promote equality diversity and inclusion culture yeah I think you're right we've we've probably got a little bit more time before we see the very senior uh, leaders and organizations and organizations across the board not just public sector but companies starting to get those kind of leaders through their organizations yeah and I do wonder is there anything you can do sort of now to accelerate that change because it is so important how can you you know should we be relying on individual personalities to role model behaviors like self-awareness that you know we believe are effective for positive organizational culture and effectiveness you know how can you you know things like 360 feedback it's commonplace you know for example in the civil service is it is it commonplace in all organizations? Is self-aware systems, are they are they really embedded in, in all sectors? I don't know. So there's there's perhaps more you could you could do to to make that change or make that future come closer in time. Yeah, I've certainly talked to other people when I've talked about self-aware leadership that recruitment process really has a lot to answer for. And when we're talking about biases, who's on the panel, what is the recruitment process? How are we drawing in introverts, extroverts? Mm -hmm. How are we drawing in people who have more of a focus on well-being and possibly softer skills are their strengths rather than their harder skills? How are we doing that through the recruitment process? I mean, it's a Mm 45-minute interview in most cases. Maybe you do that twice. Is that sufficient? Um, and I was talking to somebody talking about interview coaches. Well, actually, that means that you go in with a mask into an interview process for that 
two 45 minute sessions that you you meet the panel who are particularly biased in a particular way and you're appointed to a role and then all of a sudden you start in that role but how can you maintain that persona that you demonstrated in an interview that actually isn't you at all so yeah, yeah that that whole process of of how do you get people into organizations and is that a way that we can accelerate this change it's really interesting and i wonder if in your um in your work and your research and thought about all of this you've thought about you know it's does diversity and inclusion and all of the excellent work that surrounds those initiatives does it rely on self-awareness because i I imagine if people aren't self-aware they probably think or they probably look for people who have similar traits to themselves as being good and what they're after and it takes an awareness of of the specificity of your own perspective and the specificity of your own traits to be able to see you know the real value and and uniqueness of 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 someone else's skills and characteristics that are different to yours but why they're so important I think it's a difficult one because self-awareness is conscious and as we've learned unconscious bias How do you then bring that to the fore unless you are making very conscious efforts to surface your unconscious biases? I don't think you'll ever get to that point because you might think yourself aware, but how can you ever know what you don't know about Mm. yourself? So I think there are some real difficult questions, some searching questions that you have to ask to get to that point of knowing your unconscious biases and surfacing those to be able to take you to the next step yes because you know even the most self-aware lots of those you say might not be operating at that um you know that level of awareness yeah it's really difficult do you think effective leaders have more self-awareness than ineffective leaders yes I'm, as I'm sure you can can infer from my previous answers, I suppose when we were, when we're talking about the fact that lots of self aware leaders might find the the burden of leadership greater than people who you know who aren't so tuned into to everyone around them, and I guess the other corollary of what we've spoken about, which is that you know often people who end up in leadership don't have those those brilliant traits of of being aware of and concerned by everyone else. So I guess. Yes, I think the effective leaders have much more self-awareness than than ineffective ones. Whether or not all of those effective leaders get to the positions of power because it can take a real toll on on people and therefore get to kind of demonstrate and, and role model the effectiveness, I think is a different question. Leadership, especially, I think, you know, what you term the strategic level of organisations, it's like a kind of panopticon of eyes on, on you and expectations of how you know, employees would like you to, to be and act. I think, you know, this is really important when I think about politics. I think many sort of self-aware leaders might look at that and think, gosh, the highest rungs of leadership might might be too demanding for someone who yeah. is really reflective and, and sensitive. And so I think many organisations, especially at leadership rungs, but politics is a, is a particularly acute example of this, need to be kinder, more expansive spaces to enable those, you know, really effective, empathetic and reflective leaders to to take their rightful place, I guess, at the the top of organisations and at the top of society. 
Amy, it's been absolutely brilliant having a conversation with you. If only we were in charge of all of the recruitment processes, I think we could fix it, Amy. There's a way to travel yet, but um, yeah, it's great to chat to you, Nia. And as I say, I think the podcast is brilliant. So it was fantastic to be a small part of it. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Amy Gandon, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, your host, Nia Thomas, at the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast. If you'd like to know more about self-awareness, leader effectiveness and leadership at all levels, please take a look at my website, knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk. You can also join me on YouTube, LinkedIn or Twitter. Make sure you bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast and tune into the next episode in two weeks time. I look forward to having you on my learning journey. If you'd like to join me as a guest on the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast, please drop me a line at info at knowingselfknowingothers.co.uk. If you'd like to advertise your podcast, book or company connected to self-awareness, leader effectiveness or leadership at all levels, please drop me a line at the same email. Please remember to bookmark the Knowing Self, Knowing Others podcast so that you can keep up to date with all new episodes. Remember to rate this podcast on whichever directory you listen. Knowing Self, Knowing Others is available to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Casts, Deezer.